What is up, everybody, and welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon. With me, as always, is Caleb. And starting things off, Caleb, have you been watching anything interesting lately? I do have something interesting to share this week. I, for whatever reason, I don't know what possessed me to do this right now, but I have started a new journey. And that is down the long road that is Game of Thrones. <laughs> so finally got around to it. I mean, gosh, what is it like three years since the last episode aired, I believe, or something yeah, like something that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so checking that out. Um, definitely a lot going on. The one thing I will say about it so far that uh, now, of course, I am saying this um, post live airing of it. So I'm able to watch like episode after episode after episode. Yeah. But they do a pretty good because they have a lot going on, but they do a pretty good job of making sure you don't forget about anybody. Okay. Um, cause it's a very robust show, so much going on, so many characters, so many people dying, so many different storylines. So feels like uh week in and week out, we talk about how movies make us get lost because they get so complicated. This show is definitely kind of like that, but they don't do too bad for how big of a undertaking they had rock so but yeah basically that's it i mean i i put the simpsons on hold while i'm going through this i'm actually already almost two through two seasons so nice yeah yeah i feel like um season three four and five are like some of my favorite seasons of the simpsons okay um yeah as far as game of thrones like i've seen a couple episodes mm-hmm. but it was just like a few random ones in the middle of a season so yeah you no would def- idea what was going on yeah you <laughs> would not be able to get a good sense of the show from watching it randomly no i didn't think so it's not like uh i feel like comedies can get away with that the easiest yeah um some of them you have to understand the characters more but yeah comedies you can drop in and out more easily but something like this uh it's more complicated right what about yourself uh speaking of comedies we're still watching golden girls rock um we also watched five minutes of how i met your father turned it off because it's terrible (laughs) (laughs) oh nice uh yeah not good um and then we were watching this documentary series. Uh, it's on Vice TV. It's called mm-hmm. Dark Side of the 90s. Okay. And they had like an episode about the Jerry Springer show, an episode about um, emos, people obsessed with beanie babies. Emos oh, were 2000s, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot. <laughs> Maybe goth kids, I guess. Yeah, goth 90s. was before emo. Um, I can't remember what other ones are where we watched a couple of them. Um, that's it's like a spinoff from the series they had about wrestling called Dark Side of the Ring. Oh yeah, I thought it sounded familiar. Yeah, Dark Side of the Ring is better. I'll say that. There's also a Dark Side of Football, which I thought was going to be good, but it was kind of just meh. But it was disappointing. <laughs> it is kind of yeah, interesting absolutely. that you bring that up and to kind of think about it on being like, <laughs> could you imagine? What if they did like a dark side of the pandemic? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. So there's just so much stupid stuff that they could go over the past two years. Toilet paper hoarding. <laughs> Karen's. <laughs> oh man, just possibilities would be endless. Oh god. Yeah, for sure. I, I heard you watched the uh Peanuts movie a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say I watched the Peanuts <laughs> movie four times today. Because my daughter has COVID right now. Um, She was the only one left that didn't get it. So she got it. <laughs> and she's like, let's watch Charlie Brown and yeah. Snoopy. So like, I'm still working from home. So I was like, I'll put a movie on for you. And she kept wanting to, as soon as it would get over with, she'd be like, you put it back on? <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> Not a bad movie. It's it's all right. Yeah, there, there are definitely worse. 
Yeah, the animation's amazing, I'll say that. She could be watching Homeward Bound over and over again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember one time I tried to watch Homeward Bound on my dog, but it went through the TV. Oh, gosh. Like, that was when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Now she probably wouldn't get her lazy butt up off the couch to care. Uh, my dog's <laughs> weird. He'll respond to the most random stuff. So it's never the same. Dogs are dumb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. So do you want to get in the amazingness of the week? You know what else is dumb and also awesomely bad? Staring into the sun. Staring into the sun. <laughs> Let's jump in. Beneath the gently rolling hills of Appalachia, a deadly secret burns. I got 50,000 barrels of cyanide rolling down there right now. Protected by the silence of a town living in fear. Young'uns are dying. We have a special visit to our community. Now, an outsider has come into their world. You really are new here. Kind of stand out a little bit, do I? To reveal the danger. What's this uh, smoke over here in the mountains? Oh, I've been burning that mountain for 12 and a half years. Protect the innocent. You look prettier than a speckled pup. <laughs> That's just what I was going to say. And expose the conspiracy. I made 16 million on this deal. You think I'm giving it back? One of these days you'll say, the money ain't worth what's going to do to my people. Who are you? I'm a federal agent. It has to look like an axe. <laughs> Come back here and get you. because without it you could be searching for years we don't have years i want the mine sealed and i want tiger buried inside it this fall tell your boss i'm coming to get him steven seagal turns up the heat you know on second thought i'll tell him fire down below uh, the movie of the week is a 1997 action movie fire down below it is directed by Felix Enriquez Acala. Uh, the plot for this one is a federal agent uncovers lucrative toxic waste dumps in Appalachia and must deal with the locals who want to keep their gold mine secret. Uh, the cast for this one is you got Steven Seagal as a squinty Jack Taggart, <laughs> Chris Christopherson as Oren Sr., Marge Hellenberger as Sarah Kellogg, Stephen Lang as Earl Kellogg, Harry Dean Stanton as Cotton, Brad Hunt as Oren Jr., and Levon Helm as Reverend Goodall. Uh, I will say, we were talking about this before we started, there are so many country music musicians (laughs) in this movie. Uh, I mentioned a couple already, Chris Christopherson and um, Levon Helm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also Randy Travis. Um, Travis Tripp plays himself. Marty Stewart. Uh, and then there's a couple more I'll get into when we do um, trivia and stuff. <laughs> but Rock. yeah, oh, I guess if you want to count Steven Seagal as a musician as well. Right. <laughs> but isn't he's not uh country he's more jazz or something isn't he yeah blues yeah blues there we go yeah if you can call it music <laughs> <laughs> oh man that uh, was one thing that i'll just jump right into um and i made the connection without realizing all the people that were in it i i even before we started recording was ignorant enough to not realize that chris christopherson was a performer (laughs) but uh the soundtrack for this movie was very country (laughs) yeah country bluegrass blues not uh not what not what i expected from a seagal movie so and this was my first time watching i wasn't sure if i had seen this one or not but if i had it was only a few clips i'd definitely not seen this all the way through yeah, I I have it on DVD somewhere. I think I used to have it on VHS as well. And for some reason, I always remember, like, my grandma used to watch, uh, like, CMT and TNT a lot. Mm-hmm. And this movie seemed like it was always on there. So, like, a lot of times, like, I'd be in, 
uh, so like my my step grandpa had uh like a a car shop like in okay. in Cairo, Michigan, if anybody knows where that's at. <laughs> <laughs> For years and she was like, you know, the receptionist. Oh yeah. So anytime we would go to to Walmart because it was the closest Walmart, we would always like swing by and and visit. And I can't tell you how many times it seemed like that movie was on TV. <laughs> and even my dad mentioned something like years after she passed that like because we were talking about action movies and it seemed like he's like it seemed like grandma always seemed to like Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> She's like I don't know if she had a thing for Steven Seagal or just his movies happened to be on. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, that I was thinking about. It's like I'm pretty sure it was fired down below a lot because of all the country singers in there. It was always on CMT or TNT. But uh, yeah, so he plays in Steven Seagal plays an EPA agent, (laughs) (laughs) which seems like a really random thing. And he's definitely not what you would think of for an EPA agent. And he walks around with like a leather coat on all time. Yeah, (laughs) like like a leather duster. Like an EPA agent, you would think like nerd or something. (laughs) Not this guy that has a long black ponytail and a receding hairline and a long leather duster. Kung fu fighting. (laughs) Aikido. Oh, gosh. So the movie starts off kind of weird. There's like this weird like sepia tone flashback wrap-up montage thing yeah it was I honestly, I honestly didn't remember that part from the movie so i don't know if it just wasn't in the dvd or like if it was a deleted scene that was thrown into the streaming version I, we had but i don't know it was i feel like it did an okay job to get things started but at the same time i don't think it was necessary this this movie was kind of odd because for it being what, isn't it just like an hour and 45 minutes? Yeah. It felt long. Yeah. In some parts. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. For, I feel like for a Steven Seagal movie, it had, I don't want to say the least, but it was definitely on the lower side of the amount of action for a Steven Seagal movie. Yeah. I was just going to say that there wasn't too much action. Um, the action that there was, was kind of quick. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did notice during that intro thing is that like his boss that was giving him him his uh, mission or whatever was Les's dad from License to Drive, Richard Mauser. <laughs> <laughs> like I looked at him I'm like, oh my gosh, it's it's Les Anderson's dad. <laughs> uh, a pivotal so, role. Now Seagal shows up looking like sticking out like a sore thumb with all yeah. these hillbillies and when he's supposed all, to be like Kentucky. undercover. Yeah. And he goes and he lives with this reverend and he's supposed to be um, like a handyman or something like that doing carpentry work. Yeah. Wearing leather jackets. Yeah. Wearing leather jacket, doing carpentry, um, knowing Aikido, uh, Knowing how to test water for toxins, and he also flew the dang plane when he landed. Yeah, it's like the, is this character. Oh, and he also later on plays guitar, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there nothing he can't do? Oh, he can fire guns really well too. He's a jack of all trades. Uh... <laughs> the Jack Taggart of all trades. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> he just Steven Seagal does not look like a guy that should be named Jack. No, and like they that was another thing too that I was thinking with this, where it's just like they're not setting this up for to be believable. <laughs> I mean, for, forget the storyline, the storyline is what it is. I mean, that that you could have some validity with, but making it so that you would think the EPA would send an other undercover agent. Now, maybe there'd be an undercover FBI agent sent yeah. by the EPA, but yeah, no. And I, yeah, I actually Googled this because I was really interested. Um, so EPA agents can actually arrest people. 
Okay. I didn't know that. I thought, you know, I thought the EPA was kind of like the DNR. Yeah. You know, where they could get a, um, hold someone until like the police came and arrested him. Like, or, mall like cops? report them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like mall cops kind of, um, if there's any EPA people listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to call it ignorance. Uh, so yeah, he's also an EPA agent and he, we see him test water once. Mm-hmm. I guess once was all he needed. And there was a kid peeing in the stream <laughs> that he tested, that he chased after him and he got in a fight, of course. Yeah. So he chases after the kid. And that, and that was one of the weird scenes to mention is he chases after the kid. And then we get one of our small little quick fight scenes that actually really meant nothing yeah. because he ran onto a pot farm, three guys confronted him. So then he beats up said three guys and then gives the kid their gun. Yeah. And he's like, you hold that on him, junior. <laughs> Till what? Till the cavalry arrives or I, like, I, I guess. And then, like, Seagal just walks off. Yeah, so why did he chase the kid? Who knows? I'm just happy we didn't have to see him running. I noticed they cut around that. I'm (laughs) sure that was for a good reason. Because he totally runs like a girl. Okay, take 32. Let's try this run again. Okay, Okay. just cut it it from the movie. (laughs) All right, Steve, that was great. Um, Yeah, we got enough. (laughs) 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 Then he just cut it out and he's irritated about it. Not everyone can run like Tom Cruise, I guess. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, gosh. So, um, you mentioned this to me when you were watching the movie, right? So, basically, the first third of this movie is Steven Seagal not doing his job and and trying to hit on a woman. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which we meet uh, Sarah, who the townspeople hate, and they don't really tell you why until later on and you know Seagal's like trying to be nice to her and obviously he's interested in her and he offers like to fix her steps she refuses then he's like trying to learn about her and we get a classic 1990s 1980s trope where he goes to a library and looks at (laughs) um, old newspaper clippings and apparently she was um accused of killing her dad but then it was acquitted and then everybody just thinks that she killed her dad <laughs> so yeah they she like was her. 16 or something yeah she was underage yeah so um which the whole thing kind of seemed like uh that part seemed very uh a subplot point like not very important yeah. Just that she was essentially an outcast and for whatever reason Jack Taggart took a liking to her. Yeah. And it's right around this time too that Seagal I would just call him Seagal because he's not Jack Taggart. <laughs> <to me. laughs> uh Seagal realizes that um the Hanner Coal Company, owned by Oren Hanner Sr., uh, is being paid to dump toxic waste in an abandoned coal mine. Um, and he, you know, he finds out that it's starting to like affect the, the water and it's like making people sick and all this kind of stuff. Killing the fish. Yeah. And killing the fish, <sighs> which he learns from cotton who's played by Harry Dean Stanton. Um, did you recognize him? Yeah. Uh, he's Hoosiers? Been a, yep. And he's been in a lot of stuff though. Oh yeah. Um, alien. Cool hand Luke. Yeah, I forgot he was in the Green Mile. Yeah, this was probably a low part of his career. <laughs> <laughs> all the all the great movies he did. Um, he did a great job. Oh yeah, for sure. He was great as Cotton. Kind of like the slower, like, guy in town that everybody seems to like. Mm-hmm. Well, it seemed kind of odd because when you first meet him, you think he's like uh severely mentally slow yeah and then it kind of progresses and you're just like oh he's not really he's actually kind of intelligent he's just more of a a shutting kind of guy 
Yeah, kind of like it's like they changed his character halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was kind of weird and contradicted a little bit, but they were saying they tried to explain that he was being cautious with Seagal and you know didn't want to be honest and open until he knew better. Yeah, and so it kind of made sense. It wasn't. It didn't bother me that much, but I did find it a little odd. Yeah, um, very strange. I only noticed that really this time watching it. Um, so now we get like Sarah's starting to warm up the Seagal, and he like takes her to this dance or something like that. They're having. The, either, either, a shindig or, either a shindig hoedown or a hootenanny I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we get another weird scene which made me really laugh this time so there's this bluegrass band they're playing and like this older dude is just hammering Jim Beam <laughs> and you're like watching him and uh, he starts like you know doing the wobble and Seagal's just kind of keep an eye on him and then like the old dude starts falling over and Seagal like rushes to him and you think that he's going to like keep the old man from falling, but he grabs the dude's guitar. (laughs) Just lets the old man pass out drunk on the floor. Probably, probably drowned in his own vomit. Yeah. Seagal's like, as long as I get to play guitar with this band. And is there anything more unnatural than seeing Steven Seagal play guitar? Uh, not many things. Like the look on his face, like, what was that? <laughs> I, I don't know. He was even, he was having a little bit too much fun. Yeah, I think so. It's just like they did one shot and he was just so happy that he's like, I play guitar at home all the time. And like, I get to play with this real band. Yeah, it was, it was odd. I feel like he requested to put that in there. Yeah. Completely unnecessary, but somehow found its way into the movie. <laughs> right. Um, a little bit around this time too, we get to meet Sarah's brother. Um and he's kind of like a shady character. Like, you know, there's something going on with him right from the get go. His name's Earl. Yeah. And um he he's also Stephen Lang, who's, you know, a recognizable actor. Yeah. So when he showed up, I was like, okay. What's up with this? Yeah, okay, he's a bad guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just one of those guys that he's a bad guy in like everything. Mm-hmm. So when you saw him pop up, you're like, okay, <laughs> can't trust him. Uh, I, I think uh, there was one time that he was like a quote unquote good guy, but he was like a severely violent <laughs> uh, <yeah>. good guy. <laughs> surprising. So. Uh, so from then on we get like things escalate quickly where uh, like the bad quote unquote bad guys light the church on fire and that burns down to the ground with the reverend in it right the reverend in it yeah and now Seagal's like oh for vengeance which I believe was the title of one of his movies (laughs) instead of squinting at the sun he was squinting at a burning building yeah (laughs) quite frankly i don't like it (laughs) so now he goes with sarah's brother like they drive separately um and this is when a wild randy travis appears (laughs) holding someone hostage like that it's like things kind of like take off and then it's like oh these are fbi agents and Oh, some of these FBI agents are, um, are crooked, you know, they're getting paid. Yeah. It it felt like it was setting up for the climax with the whole, like, oh, he was going with, uh, Sarah's brother to the dump site and you're just like, okay, you know, this is where they're going to try to kill him and all this stuff is going to go down and you know, this is it. This is the climax of the movie. And then it wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> right uh, of course you know everybody tries to attack Seagal one at a time it happens numerous times in this movie takes every guy out one after one uh, 
and then like the mind starts collapsing or something like that. <laughs> oh jeez. And then it's like he gets out of there and now he's like on his way. They take Oren Sr. to court and he basically just gets a slap on a wrist fine. Yeah, he and said course, he made like $300 million on the deal and he got a $50,000 fine or something. Yeah. And of course, Seagal doesn't take kindly to that, so he leaves the EPA and he goes to the casino that Oren owns to arrest him. And we get it's like some more fighting scenes and stuff in there. Um, Brief Seagal, fighting. Yeah, like laying waste to all of his bodyguards and uh, tells him he's under arrest. And he ends up like shooting him. Yeah. Uh, Oren pulls a gun. They confiscate it. But wait, he's got a second gun. <laughs> and so he didn't sh- search him. Yeah. So he shoots one FBI agent and then Seagal is a quick draw McGraw <laughs> and shoots him. And of course, uh, Oren was hoping to die because he'd rather die than go to prison. But Seagal is such a good shot. He left him alive. Yeah. Because he's bad. <laughs> and then, boom, movie. Um, I guess favorite quotes and points of interest in the movie. I guess, like, interesting things. Okay. Uh, one thing I always think of in this movie, because um, I drop the line all the time because it's so horrible. <laughs> um, there's a part where he's at, like, the general store and he's buying some lumber. And some of Oren Jr.'s, like, cronies jump him. And uh, they start coming after him, and Seagal takes a board and bashes the guy in the face with it. Then he like, stops and looks at the board. He's like, oh, cracked my wood. That's no good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, so terrible. It's, like, oh, the fight man. scene itself is pretty sweet, but mm. that line is so bad. It's, it's almost as bad as, I'm going to take you to the bank. The blood bank. <laughs> that one's probably my favorite one of his so but one of my favorite quotes in this movie wasn't a seagal quote oh man uh so we didn't really bring him up but there's the sheriff lloyd uh, who's in oren's pocket Mm -hmm. and so they try to um set seagal up and arrest him and essentially like stop him from investigating by putting him in jail and so they beat up the um the character cotton guy that we were talking yeah. about earlier and when seagal took him into the hospital to be seen the sheriff shows up and he's accusing him and saying that they have witnesses that he beat him up and so seagal kind of has a words with him on just being like, Hey, you know, I'm an agent. Your jurisdiction doesn't mean anything to me because I know that you're crooked and, uh, stuff like that. And he finishes it with saying, I don't believe in your authority. And then the sheriff says, maybe you'll, maybe you'll believe a gun up your butt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) That is that is amazing. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Seagal goes into Seagal mode and kicks everybody's butt and puts yeah. a gun in somebody's mouth. So, <laughs> But never kicks anybody. Yeah. Uh, but then, so the gun up the butt is one, if not the best uh, quotes in the movie. But immediately following after that is a pretty funny one where, I'm not going to say it word for word, but essentially he says... Um, that he's going to, uh, if he wants a fight, if the sheriff wants a fight, he'll film with a bunch of holes. And he said, when it's all over, you can go to your favorite proctologist and get a nice soothing ointment for the hole that hurts the most. <laughs> <laughs> How about the, the big bald guy that it's like, it's like they desperately wanted to um, cast the big show. Yeah. But they just got like the... Um, larger than normal show <laughs> it's above average show it was like the uh, sloth version of the big show yeah his his line 
that cracked me up was, you better leave my friend alone or I'm going to properly educate you on how to beat the shit out of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. that that Part of that thing, too, with that scene that really kind of annoyed me was just like, there were the two main goons that were going around bothering Seagal. They put snakes in his uh, apartment or house or whatever, and uh, they were heckling him all the time. And then at that scene, that was towards the end of the movie. And so it was them and that big goon guy, and they were talking crap to Seagal. Like, oh, dude, you know, we're going to mess you up or he's going to mess you up or whatever. And I'm just like, dude, Seagal's been beating up the two of you the entire movie. I don't (laughs) think that they would be talking any crap. And I feel like Seagal could have easily had some snarky remark to both of them. But they didn't capitalize on that moment. Yeah. Uh, There's so many, like, awkward lines and, like, so many non-tough guys playing tough guy characters yeah like at least the the big show ripoff guy was physically intimidating like he was still a pretty big guy mm-hmm. you know he was probably like six foot seven and 300 and some pounds like he was a big dude yeah um but you got these other guys that just kind of look like idiots like the dude who kept getting his nose broken yeah he just looked like a moron. And they got Hatch was the guy with like the weird facial hair and a scraggly long hair. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. it, well, it, it is kind of funny because you say that where it's just like, I could see those types of guys being the big bad dudes in a small, as they said, hick, little hick town. Even though they're not really all that imposing. Yeah. So... I mean, there is that part of it, but yeah, I mean, when, well, they even had, uh, in that one fight scene with the, you broke my wood, uh, quote, they had a couple bigger guys, but they got taken down in like one punch. Yeah. The guy that like spits his teeth out. Yeah. (laughs) Later on. Oh, you got to do better than that. (laughs) And then he just gets knocked out. Like, of course, Seagal never takes a hit. Mm-mm. Never, never touched once yeah oh man uh, because they actually, always go at them one at a time <laughs> that actually reminds me of uh one of the most ridiculous parts of the movie when the fake fbi agents or crooked fbi agents i can't i don't know if they were fake or crooked but they kidnapped um sarah and he tracks them down there at a gas station and of course gas is everywhere yeah and so steven seagal uh one of them one of the bad guys is standing in the gas and steven seagal lights a flare and throws it at him yeah and so the guy catches it (laughs) and then steven seagal continues to by shooting the flare yeah extinguishing it yeah, and shooting it out of his hand and then shooting it to extinguish it before it lands in the gas. Yeah. And it was one of the most ridiculous things ever. <laughs> I will say there's one thing about Steven Seagal that he claims it is actually true is that he's a really good marksman. Yeah. I've seen it in that, that show, Steven Seagal Lawman. <laughs> okay. That like he can shoot the, he can light a match with a bullet and he can shoot the head off a Q-tip from like ridiculously far away with a handgun. Hmm. So like he actually is a pretty talented marksman. Um, whether or not his, uh, martial arts are real, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of both sides that it's just crap. And then other people say that like having, stories of when he was younger and that he actually is very talented in Aikido. Hmm. But, um, we'll never know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause Seagal could do everything and he knows everything. Just ask him. <laughs> so the acting and the dialogue, we've kind of touched on that a little bit. I mean, Steven Seagal is Steven Seagal. Mm hmm. He's not a great actor. 
He's, he was he's great necessi- at the, He's not necessarily horrible. He's great at romancing Sarah. <laughs> they had absolutely no chemistry whatsoever. No, it was it was bad. <laughs> we said that about Hard to Kill as well, and he was in that movie with his freaking wife. Oh, and they had yeah. no chemistry. Yep. I forgot about that. Uh, I think Kelly LeBrock had more chemistry with Anthony Michael Hall and Weird Science than she did with her own husband and Hard to Kill. <laughs> uh, just Seagal, he just like, cannot emote if it's anything other than anger. And even then, he kind of he's very stone faced all the time. Yeah, like when he was trying to be nice with some of the kids. Yeah. It was kind of awkward. <laughs> right? Even the dad came in, he's like, he's like, I was told you'd be working on the outside of the house. <laughs> when, he, when he was talking to that kid that was sick in bed. Yeah, yeah. And then he yeah. said something about wanting to check on the boy or I don't know. It, it was yeah. weird. So, yeah, it was <laughs> very and, awkward. Well, yeah, an awkward situation where it's just like, hey, why are you in my kid's room? <laughs> why are you touching, rolling my kid's sleeve up and looking at his rash? Yeah. Mr. Handyman wearing leather jackets. <laughs> With a long black ponytail and receding hairline. Uh, stop squinting at my kid. Yeah, the acting was nothing amazing. Uh, well, it kind I of Chris Christopherson was pretty good. Yeah, Chris Christopherson did well. Harry Dean Stanton did well as Cotton. Um, they definitely had the strongest performances. Stephen Lang was up there. Yeah, and um, even um, the woman who played Sarah did a pretty decent job. Yeah, I think the thing Marge that Hellenberger. Yeah, I think the. Th- part that made her role struggle the most was what we just identified. There wasn't great chemistry between her and Seagal. No. And her, I mean, her character was kind of thin, but I feel like she did the most with what she was given. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's a good way to put it. So. Yeah. And the soundtrack was, was pretty good, but it's not really what you would expect from a Steven Seagal movie. No. This movie isn't what you would expect from a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> no, I did not know exactly what to expect. So Yeah. Yeah. It seemed Fire Down Below, interesting title. And yeah, it the movie was just broken up really weird because as I said, you felt I felt like the climax was gonna be when they went to the mine and they said that they were gonna try to kill Seagal and it just seemed like an appropriate way to hit the climax. And then, you know, afterwards they serve justice or whatever, because I didn't imagine Oren being there, but they had several uh, buildups. Like right before they went to the mine, you find out that Earl is a creep and he, you know, used his sister mm-hmm. to uh, cover up for the fact that he, he killed his dad. Yeah. Um, and then you have the the mine scene, um, the dumping site scene, and then you, and then there's the part where Sarah goes into protective custody, and she gets captured. So that seems like that's going to be a big part, and maybe you know things might end after he rescues her. But of course, it doesn't end there. Then you find out that there are dirty FBI cops. And that's another part where it goes up and you're thinking, okay, where's it going to go from here? And then they put him on trial and the trial is absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. And then finally they get to the casino and you have a tiny little bit of a fight. And then you have a couple gunshots traded and the end. Yeah. So as we said, the first third of the movie was basically nothing boring and then the second third of the movie was kind of like a slow build up to nothing the the dumping site scene yeah and so that's why i thought that was going to be the climax uh and then the last third of the movie was just like possible ending after possible ending after possible ending (laughs) tons of false endings yeah so unusual 
not uh, not super effective. Dude, one scene I can't believe you didn't talk about was the car chase. Yeah, I, a semi I, was like trying to run him off the road. That was one of the better. Oh well, two. It was one of the cooler parts. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, kind of cheesy in a couple ways. <laughs> yeah, at the end of it. Yeah, definitely the end, and then also the uh, the screens and Seagal driving his truck. Yeah. Um, but then also, bad. yeah. Uh, but then also just so many times where it's just like dude like stop your car you're smaller than he is he's gonna go blowing past you yeah when he's right next to him and he's like trying to run him off the road i was thinking that last night when i watched i was like dude just hit the brakes he'll fly right past you yeah and he can't he won't be able to turn around where could he turn around (laughs) right yeah i laughed at that and then like at the end of it where seagal goes to like this quarry Mm-hmm. and like he drives to the edge of it and then he gets out of his truck and stands in front of it with his arms spread out and the semi charges after him and then like what two feet before the truck hits him Seagal dives out of the way Yeah, he doesn't even dive it just like turns out of the way and then the, the semi goes flying off the edge of the cliff I was like what the heck was that the green screen in that was atrocious as well yeah and it was just uh, see, actually, there was like a part before that where I thought the semi truck was going to go off into the quarry. And I was just like, oh, you know, okay, that's kind of believable. You know, you're in a quarry. Anybody could kind of go off the cliff there. But then the fact that it's like, dude, his truck is at the edge and you're driving full speed at his truck. Like, even you know, if you what hit are you his... expecting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's your end game here, bro? <laughs> uh, the guy just wanted to die. And he we was just, take we never even out. saw who it was either. No. Just faceless dude. Mm-hmm. Super. Uh, it was it was one of the cooler parts of the movie, but just the ending was definitely poorly executed. Yeah. So. Oh, so trivia and facts time? Rock. Okay, so this one's kind of a longer one, but Warner Brothers wanted to make sure that the that fire down below had the same fast pace and short runtime as all the other Steven Seagal films. Um, so just like they did with the other movies, they heavily re-edited it. Um, and they deleted a lot of the plot and character scenes. <laughs> uh, they also, yeah, they also <laughs> removed several big action sequences, which was most of the $60 million budget this movie had. Uh, it included an opening action sequence involving Jack and his partner Frank, who originally had a lot more scenes, but those were removed and the entire original opening was re-edited into that few minutes of sepia tone montage. Ew. Yeah. Uh, there was other deleted action sequences, including a really big and complicated chase scene which took place at night in the woods um and involved police cars chasing a tanker truck full of toxic waste which eventually crashes into a train on the river bridge Hmm. Um, and there's a scene where jack kills the second corrupt fbi agent by burning him alive in a gas station Uh, Hmm. it was also cut out because um was cut out and changed so in the film he leaves him alive. That's the one with the oh, okay. player. Yeah. Uh, trailers for the film show many parts of the deleted and alternate scenes, including uh, deleted action sequences. <laughs> so false promises there. Jeez. Man, it sounds like, I mean, not saying that would have made the movie all that much better, but yeah, yeah. it seems like they took out some of the better parts i almost want to like i don't know if i've ever checked my dvd to see if there's any deleted scenes in it Mm. i might have to see if it would make the movie any better uh so just as the production started in kentucky uh it was emerged that there was a real epa investigation that was taking place nearby oh gosh uh steven zagal invited the epa official to visit the set so he could chat with him about environmental issues 
act and what he did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Bruce Willis turned down the role of Jack. <laughs> Very smart by Bruce. <laughs> Uh, so Seagal plays an EPA agent who tries to stop an evil corporation from dumping to- toxic waste causing environmental damage in Kentucky. Uh, Seagal's previous film, On Deadly Ground, deals with the same thing, but with an oil company in Alaska. <laughs> Amazing. In another country, it was actually um, marketed as a sequel to On Deadly Ground. Nice. Yeah. So the two twins that worked at the general store were actually country um, singer Loretta Lynn's twin daughters, Peggy and Patsy Lynn. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What is up with it? Is there information on why they had so many country people in this movie? I really don't know. I don't have anything about that. Weird. Uh, so Steven Seagal tried to convince the co-star, uh, Levon Helm, to reunite the band. That was the band that Levon Helm was a lead singer of. Oh, yeah. Um, but he wanted to feature himself on guitar instead of Robbie Robertson, the original guitarist. <laughs> okay. And Steven Seagal continued to pursue, pursue that until um, Helm passed away. Okay. And there was a, really the only casting thing I had was Bruce Willis turned down the role. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you notice that Kane Hodder was in the movie? No, I didn't. Yeah, he was one of the bodyguards. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then the last thing I got is this movie cost $60 million and it made 16.2 in a box office. Oh, no. Dude, this movie lost, what, $43.8 million. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I don't remember this movie being that big of a a bomb. I remember seeing the trailers for it in 1997. And I definitely remember the title Fire Down Below. But yeah. man, I, I'm surprised it didn't do better because Seagal, I guess it was kind of a, the end of Seagal's big run. Okay. His his other ones were a lot more successful, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Like Hard to Kill did really well. Oprah Justice did really well. Hmm. Yeah, because I'm not even sure what he followed up with on this. Uh, I think his most success, successful movie was Under Siege, and that's from 1992. Okay, I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen that one. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah. Okay, so after Fire Down Below, he did The Patriot. Not mm-hmm. the Mel Gibson one. <laughs> <laughs> he did Exit Wounds. <laughs> then, man. That's that's really it of anything you've ever heard of. It's it's basically just a bunch of straight to DVD movies. Bunch of three word movies. Oh, and I always joke about that too. So three word movies I'm going through is um filmography right now. Above the law, hard to kill. Marked for Death, Over Justice, On Deadly Ground, The Glimmer Man, Fire Down Below, <laughs> Half Past Dead, Out of Reach, Into the Sun. That's kind of funny. It's probably staring into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Today You Die, Mercenary for Justice, Flight of Fury, The Onion Movie. <laughs> <laughs> Against the Dark, Driven to Kill, A Dangerous Man, Force of Execution, A Good Man, Sniper, Special Ops, Code of Honor, The Asian Connection, The Perfect Weapon, Contract to Kill, Beyond the Law. Those are all of his three-word movies. Nice. Yeah, actually, uh, I, I've i seen Exit Wounds and, uh, was it, is it Hard to Kill or? No, yeah, we uh, Half Past Dead. Oh, Half yeah. Past Dead. And, 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 yeah, and Hard to Kill, but um, Half Past Dead. Because I feel like um, 
there's a rapper in that one too. At best, Ed. Yeah, I think there yeah. is. Ja Rule. Um, <laughs> Murder. <laughs> <laughs> the Cookie Monster. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, exit, exit Wounds. Wasn't DMX in Exit Wounds? Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't seen Exit Wounds in forever. Mm, I, I know I've seen both of those at one point. So that's funny. So, you want to get into grades? Grades. So, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think? IMDb, give me a 5.1. It's exactly a 5.1. Holy crap. Seriously? Yeah. Dang. Nice. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, critic score, uh, 32. 14. Ooh. Ouch. That's not um, good. <laughs> um, the man, why am I blank? The fan, what's it called? The fan or the the audience? Audience, there we go. Audience, uh, 37%? 36. Dude, you're pretty on today. Dang. Uh, well, I'm gonna be really on fire with my score then. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Do it. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, so. It's it's tough because I feel like it's really in the middle of the road. I mean, it's an awesomely bad movie, but it lacks more of the awesome to be entertaining factor. Because as we said, it's like an hour and 45 minutes long, so it's not too terrible, but it's slow, especially the first third of the movie. And then the end was just kind of jumbled. I mean, it's not like you got lost, uh, you lost track or anything, but you just kind of were, they were getting you ready for uh, the big reveal, the big ending, and then it didn't happen. And then they did something else and then it didn't end. <laughs> so uh, it was kind of just a, a bummer at that point. So uh, I'm kind of back and forth a little bit. I, I think I'm just going to stick in the middle of the road and just put it at 2.5. Um, so. Definitely the man, I don't know. I feel like that's a whole point more than stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but is it is definitely better than stop or my mom will shoot. But oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think 2.5, you know, it, it's got some things working for it where you have some solid performances, but the lack and consistency with the storyline and you know, for being a Steven Seagal movie, which was intended to be an action movie and removing a lot of the action parts that we found out. Yeah. Uh, adds to the disappointment where it definitely could have been better than what it was. So, yeah, it just became like after they take out the action scenes, it doesn't really have, um, any value. Any, well, not like any value. I can't think of the word, but like, it doesn't have any like direction or purpose. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have an identity. I guess yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Now it just becomes a weird movie that has Steven Seagal playing guitar with a bunch of country musicians. <laughs> yeah. While well, he's trying to start a relationship with a, a beekeeper, <laughs> <laughs> a beekeeper who was acquitted of her father's murder when she was 16. <laughs> Sounds like a good country song right there. <laughs> Hopefully somebody else other than Seagal writes and performs it. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'll stick with my two point five. What uh, What do you have? Um, I enjoy the movie a little bit more. Um, I I know that it's a bad movie. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is with some of Seagal's movies. Like I'll watch them just because they're pretty ridiculous. Mm -hmm. it, like everybody always attacks them one at a time, and it's like they stand and wait. And like I've talked about this with Craig before where it's like one guy will go and get like thrown through a plate glass window or something like that. And the other guy's just like, okay, now it's my turn. <laughs> it's my turn yet. Oh wait, no, I have to wait for him to get punched. You know, I feel like the action scenes, like the little that there was the fight scenes, like they were decent. Um, they're not as good as, you know, the ones in, um, like hard to kill. Mm -hmm. And I, I think of the one in Hard to Kill when he's in the convenience store. 
and like he takes out that that robber like super quick. Yeah. But then I also think about how here in, in that movie how rough Steven Seagal was with like stunt people. And like he would actually hit people and stuff. And there's a scene where he like hits a one of the police officers and like jams a gun in his mouth and it looks like he just like hammered the gun into the dude's mouth. Uh. <laughs> like uh it's just I can't believe I didn't mention this before. Um, I mean, I'll give my grade. It's a three out of five. <gasps> okay. Um, just because, you know, I do find some entertainment with it. And I don't know. It's a movie that you can have on the background, catch some of, and not be, like, disappointed with it. And you don't have to pay super close attention to it. Um, the one thing I was going to say that I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier. Uh, there's a quote from Steven Seagal about... Um, Marge uh, Helgenberger, who plays Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, he said he also really. He said the movie was kind of an iron environmental movie, and he also enjoyed working with her. And it was like, this is such a backhanded compliment. And this is like Steven Seagal in a nutshell. He says, while I don't think she's a physical, spectacular, drop dead gorgeous woman, at the same time, she's a spectacular actress, <laughs> and her performance was wonderful. <laughs> basically it's like uh she's kind of homely but she can act <laughs> <laughs> like what a jerk wow yeah so what do people say about how how he looks Jeez, right he, he must have been doing something right because he married kelly the brock in the 80s uh well he's a portly fellow but <laughs> well yeah this is when he started to fill out a little bit it wasn't until like the mid 2000s where he started <laughs> getting rotund yeah the 2000s definitely uh expanded for him <laughs> uh, it became like an ambassador to russia or something yeah i remember seeing that <laughs> yeah most of the stuff i know about steven seagal comes from that john tron video <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, a solid three out of five entertaining movie for me, but I know it's not great. And yeah, I want to go back and watch my DVD and see if I can check out the, the deleted scenes. Might be able to find some on YouTube. Yeah, that's true. Give that a look. So next week we have a movie that I believe was the first movie you and I ever watched together. Are you serious? I think it was. Oh man, it might be. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the movie Zardoz. (laughs) Oh man. It's Sean Connery. Uh, I I think that actually is the first movie you and I ever watched together. Yeah, very well. When we were in college and you came over to my apartment in Bay City and watched it. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, so random. I totally would not have made that connection. But yeah, if anybody doesn't know what Zardoz is, two major things to connect you with it is either the giant floating rockhead or Sean Connery and his amazing red outfit. Yeah. (laughs) Where he's probably just thinking like, what the hell is I thinking taking this movie? Zardoz. I'm 007 in underwear. Uh, it has kind of a cult following. It'll be interesting to go back and watch that one because it's been so long since I've seen it. Oh yeah, totally. I I remember bits and pieces, but yeah, it will be I, interesting. I think my favorite thing is that on the poster it says "Beyond 1984, Beyond 2001, Beyond <laughs> Love, Beyond Death." Sardas. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't know if anything can really top his outfit. No, I don't know. And his haircut and the mustache. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be talking more about that one next week. It should be a good time. So until then, as always, be kind and rewind. And there's a backwards old town that's often remembered so many times that the memories are warm. And Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County Down by the Green River where paradise lay Well, I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking
Mr. Peabody's coal train has hauled it away.